This is the Kavnis HR Podcast, and we want you to be great every day. Join us as we transform the human resources outsourcing industry while we talk to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startup, and HR spaces. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Kavnis. The Kavnis HR Podcast is brought to you by SM Diversity. SM Diversity is a full services staffing recruit agency. SM Diversity is currently looking to fill numerous principal software engineer positions in the Seattle area. The requirements for these positions are as follows. A computer science or related degree, eight plus years of overall experience, then one plus years of leadership experience, solid experience with cloud-based service development, extensive experience in building, deploying, and managing large distributed applications, experience with agile development methods, experience with DevOps, and CI CD tools and methods. A preferred qualification is to have a strong network in the Seattle tech community. This position is going to be, actually all these positions are going to be located in the downtown Seattle area. So this is not going to be a remote work opportunity for anyone. If you're interested in learning more, send me an email at jasoncabinets at cabinetshr.com. Hello, and welcome to Cabinets HR Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Cabinets. Our guest today is Daniela Young. Daniela, are you ready to be great today? I'm ready, Jason. Daniela is a speaker, writer, and the CEO of Culture Forte, a culture and innovation consulting firm. She works with CEOs who are frustrated by turnover, employee conflict, and lack of productivity to help them build strong teams with creative individuals by creating a supportive and positive culture that everyone loves. After growing up in a seriously bad religious cult, she became a captain in the U.S. Army and one of the first women on a ground combat team in history. After military service, she consulted Microsoft before, before, before founding Culture Forte to help organizations, small teams, and individuals embrace innovative thinking, cultivate strong teams, and avoid the dangers that can plague even the most dynamic leaders. Her cult, Combat and Culture Seminar helps senior leaders to proactively engage in building high-passion, high-performance teams, strong organization, strong organization culture, and a place where diversity and personal strength are actively cultivated. Amongst the clients are CEOs of large corporations and small startups, government, military, and nonprofit leaders. She will help you make your call to your forte. So what, what do you focus on right now? What's keeping you busy? I am focused on right now, I have a boot camp coming up in Tacoma with a bunch of CEOs. So it's a four-hour, there's different breakout sessions, and my session, of course, will be focused on culture, how to build culture, and really how to think differently about your culture. I also have a TED Talk coming up. So those are kind of my two big things. How do you get on to do a TED Talk? I, mean, I guess I, I mean, that's a big thing. Like, how, does, how do you go about getting some the application process? How does that work, even work? Yeah, so I guess I should correct myself and say it's a TEDx talk, which is different. And so TEDx Tacoma, TEDx's are locally founded talks that are licensed with, with the TED program, and each one is run a little bit differently. So for example, TEDx Portland has 4,000 attendees. Getting on there is a much bigger deal. <laughs> TEDx Tacoma is going to be about two to 300 people. And honestly, I got on it because I've spent the last two years networking and building my business in Washington and sort of connecting as part of what I do is a lot of connecting with veterans and veteran resources. And so it was, it was a network. It was a, a local connection that reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to share my story from the TEDx stage. You know, you bring up a good point. There's a lot of people start businesses or companies and they think, oh, one month later, I'm Mark Zuckerberg. 
but it's, it's a long, it's a long process. Can you talk, talk a little bit about the, how long the process is, how hard it really is? I definitely can. There's also a famous interview where someone asked Mark Zuckerberg how he was dealing with his overnight success, and he pretty much laughed at them and then told them about seven years of, of coding in a basement. But I, I definitely think that's true. You know, there's a, this or a success myth in the U.S., definitely in the world of entrepreneurship, that we all just are successful overnight. Certainly, it's probably never true. It's a journey. I started... I developed the idea for several companies. I started and completely failed at least one, if not two, depending how you look at it. And, you know, again, it's been about two years of full-time building and building until I got to the point now where, you know, I've got some big talks, some big deals, hopefully a book deal in the works. And I'm, I'm starting to see how it all comes together, but it's definitely a journey. Can you give an estimate of how many people you talk to about your uh, your business? Oh boy, why do you ask me the hard questions? <laughs> a lot of people, right? At least two thousand, and in my desk, I probably have at least a thousand business cards from networking events that I've been to. Yeah, I think people don't realize that so you got to talk to everyone, and you got to tell your story over and over and over again. And it's actually good practice for you, I think. So you know it by heart. It's great practice. So there's so many coaches out there. And, and all of them like do different things. How would you recommend someone to pick the coach that's right for them? What, did, what should they be, they be looking for? Yeah. So, you know, I think with you hit the nail on the head, especially with culture. So culture was the word of the year in 2014. And everybody talks about it. There's like more flavors than Baskin Robbins ice cream in culture and what's right and what's wrong. And I think as far as picking a coach or a consultant, it's the same as picking a culture for your company, which is just being honest about what your values are. And that's where it starts with culture. And I think, you know, what I do a bit differently is there's so much focus on people like the words good and bad. And honestly, I believe that values are gray. Values are how you implement them. Nothing is black and white. And so if you're honest about what your culture is, is that's where you're going to start. And so I'll give you an example. Everybody loves to say that they are all about work-life balance because that is a big thing these days, which is great, but it's not true for every company. So if you're giving your people work to take home on Fridays that is due on Monday, you don't care about work-life balance. And that, or at least that's not your priority. And that doesn't mean you're a bad person or your company culture is bad. It just maybe means you're looking more for 27-year-olds looking to work 80 hours a week and get to the next level of their career and not for 35-year-old mom with two, two young children. And so how that helps you if you define your values without trying to say, this is what people want to hear, this is what people don't want to hear, is that it helps then your individuals align themselves with where they are in their life and you're much further along in creating a strong team. And so to get back to your initial question, you know, how you pick a good coach or a good culture consultant is by as the leader by being honest with yourself and the coach can help you do that and just talking. You know, it's it's just like you mentioned like how many people do you talk to your businesses? Well, talk to three or four or five different coaches or consultants and you're going to figure out who you click with because there's no one right culture everybody's different so let's say you go to business 
And the CEO, the boss says, you know, everything here is peachy king. Everyone's happy. <laughs> and you go talk to employees and I'm like, eh, maybe not so much. How do you convince the boss? Say, you know what? You need to look at this at a different lens. Yeah, I think that when leaders are frustrated with something, that's usually the sign that there's a culture problem. Similarly, if the employees are frustrated because logistics are easy to fix and culture isn't. So if it was just a matter or a matter of the hiring process or turnover, it would be easy to fix and you would fix it. So the culture problem is a little bit deeper. So when I'm talking with leaders, it's also about getting them to understand that, you know, having somewhat of a of a complicated culture situation doesn't mean you're a bad leader or a bad person. Again, the, these words good and bad, you know, seem to come up a lot. And great leaders can just not be focusing on the right thing. And the culture can get away from them. And even sometimes the culture can be great in one aspect, but people are still struggling in another aspect. So it's not like coming in and saying, hey, you need therapy. It's just, you know, you're great at these things, but there are these other things that your employees are saying or thinking that you might not even know. And together we can fix it. So most leaders are receptive to learning and listening, but there's a lot who are not so receptive to listening and learning. Why do you think that is? Why do you think some people are receptive and some others are not? Just think it's, it's self-awareness. You know, I think the best leaders are self-aware and they realize that they need to learn and listen. And it's usually more of a, of a young leader thing, not in age, but in newness of position or leadership that you kind of think you got there because you deserved it maybe and eventually people start to realize that everyone everyone is new at the role that they're in at the time and everyone needs development and so learning from outside sources never hurts you know the other thing about learning is you don't have to take the advice of anyone you're learning from you can learn from bad examples and from good examples so keeping an open mind is always good can you talk some about how your military service has helped you in your entrepreneurial journey Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Taught me a lot about innovative thinking. So I'll tell you a fun story that we had. I was a, a young lieutenant, so a brand new leader, and I had a group of 18-year-old military intelligence soldiers that were supposed to be you know, the smartest kids on the block and study all about the country of Afghanistan, which we were about to deploy to, and they just didn't care. They didn't care. They didn't want to get involved. And I walked in the office one day and I was like, if I have to hear about World of Warcraft one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. I didn't know how to motivate them. And then all of a sudden, I just got the idea. Well, I'm trying to get them to build a country brief, basically do an in-depth analysis of the country of Afghanistan. What if I just let them do an in-depth analysis of World of Warcraft? And they did it. And they spent an entire week on this. They spent all their own money on everything. They presented it to me. I was then able to actually hit all of the learning points even harder because I didn't know anything about World of Warcraft. So I could play sort of the colonel or the general who would be briefing later and asking all the questions. I guess what, what it really taught me about leadership, entrepreneurship, and you know, there's different ways to approach every problem that you're trying to solve. And 
I was, you know, beating my head against the wall trying to solve it in this one way that was told to me that was the way I was supposed to do it. And as soon as I stepped back, looked at it a different way and actually let my frustration get the best of me and then looked at it a completely different way, that was when I was able to fix it in a way that actually really let my team show me really went to Afghanistan. We just plugged and played. We had the we had the whole format there, so we just plugged in the actual information we needed. That's a great story. Can you, can you talk a little about Bunker Labs? Yeah. So Bunker Labs is an organization that I helped to run the Seattle chapter. Bunker Labs is a nonprofit that's a national level nonprofit. We have 24 chapters right now. And we help veterans and military spouses become leaders in entrepreneurship and innovation. So really, we help you to start and grow your business and help it become successful. Uh, in Seattle, we have a wonderful group of people, including Jason Kafnis, who's a you know proud proud Bunker Labs member, um, and we have a really strong community of entrepreneurs in both Seattle proper and all around Washington. We build an online network where we can all answer each other's questions. We build an in-person networking group, and we have online education, learning how to be an entrepreneur, and it, it's all about. How do you start a business? Test all of your ideas to find out if they're good or bad before you lose too much time or money and have to go out of business. Now, Bunker Labs, they've actually had some insane growth in just a short amount of time, haven't they? Bunker Labs is one of the fastest growing nonprofits in history. It's already reached nonprofit unicorn status, which means a, a million dollars in revenue in less than five years, um, which is, of course, all from corporate sponsors and fundraising, and the, the veterans and spouses don't pay anything to be a member of the community. And Bunker Labs has gone through very much its own entrepreneur journey, where they, you know, they started one way, they started as small independent startups in every city, and then just now we're going through okay, now we're moving to the next level. So we're going through a nationalization process with a new structure and everything's changing. It's really interesting. Uh, Todd Connor, the CEO, is very good at studying culture, in fact, and how he wants to grow his organization. So that it's been really nice to be a part of. Next, can you talk about a time you were success, successful in the past, what you learned from this and what we can learn? I got to be one of the first women that was on a ground combat team in the U.S. and, or not in the U.S., in Afghanistan, in the U.S. Army. We had a very interesting, you know, cultural dilemma there, which was we're coming in as women onto these teams with men that have never worked with women before. And what are we going to do? How are we going to integrate? And some of these teams completely fell apart. Our team, specifically the, the leader, who was, of course, a man, was very, very interested in working with the female leaders in sort of using diversity, flipping it on its head, not saying, are the women going to be good enough, but saying, what do women do or know that is totally different from what men do or know that we can incorporate into this? And we had some really successful, you know, patrols and, and missions in the military, as well as, of course, helping sort of the entire military changed the culture. Uh, what I learned from that was, again, same thing. You know, there's multiple ways to approach every problem. And also that, you know, big thing for me is that 
diversity, you know, when you're looking at building your teams and your culture, diversity is not about making people feel good. Diversity is about how can you use everybody's differences to make your company stronger and your, your mission stronger. Can you tell us the story real fast about the time you went to, you, you went to the Afghan village and you noticed all the kids were gone? That's a great story. Yeah, I can. So we were going into this village to do a key leader engagement, which is about, you know, sitting down with the the village members and getting them to realize that we're the good guys and they want to work with us. And it was this village that we kept getting rocket attacks out of. And so we knew the bad guys were operating out of there. And we were going into the village and we'd been there a few times before. And we noticed that me and my translator, who was a woman, we noticed that there was no children around and there were always children around. Like they would flood our helicopters. So we were like, what is going on? And we got in the courtyard and we noticed again that the women were trying to actually keep the children inside. Like we had to notice that. And on the way out of the village, sure enough, there was a bomb in the road that we had to take. And, you know, we, we responded to it. Everyone was okay on that day. The thing I really learned from that was it's super easy to think that you're so different from someone else. And it's super easy to then just not pay attention to what's going on. And for us that day, you know, realizing that Afghans in a village in the middle of what you know, we Americans would consider to be nowhere, not important. They still love their children. They wanted to keep them safe. And that was the warning sign that something bad was going on that they couldn't control. Another great story. Next, talk about a time you feel in the past, what you learned from this and what we can learn from this. Yeah, so definitely have had some significant failures in business. You know, I started, uh, Jason has seen a lot of my journey, uh, but I started one company. And in fact, I just found out the business model was backwards. So I started a team building company where, you know, I'm going to come in, I'm going to do a quick workshop, I'm going to fix your culture for you. And like, like you and I already talked about earlier, Jason, a lot of people don't even know that their culture is broken. And so it's kind of like if I have the cure for cancer, but you don't know you have cancer yet, you don't really care. So, you know, I base, but I thought my idea was phenomenal. And a lot of people told me it was great. And I had to go through an entire process of basically failing a business and talking to tons of people and getting so much advice and then realizing, you know, I was, I was on the right track. I just needed to flip my business model around and start focusing on on culture first and still do phenomenal team building events, you know, at the end of it. So that was, you know, important lesson for me that once again, we don't all know everything. We need advice from outsiders. We need to consider different perspectives. You know, we, everyone always thinks their idea is right. Of course, that's why it's their idea. And if you don't get other outside perspectives, that's when you fail. Um, and, you know, the, the final thing for all the entrepreneurs on this podcast is just because you fail a business once or twice doesn't mean you shouldn't be an entrepreneur. If you have an innovative mindset and, you're, <laughs> and, you, and you can stand to get beat up a few times, you can probably build a, a great company. So I understand you have a book to recommend for our listeners. I do. So it's called Culture Code. And it's the best book on the market until mine comes out. (laughs) It's by a a man named Daniel Coyle. He has a couple of good TED Talks as well. But Culture Code is really interesting. He studies five different groups. Some of them we would consider to be awesome, like Navy SEALs. And some of them we would consider to be bad, like 
Serbian jewel thieves. But he's not looking at, again, like, not are they good, not are they bad, but there's a strong team. It works. They're accomplishing their missions. What are they doing? And what are the things, of course, that they have in common? You know, so what do Navy SEALs have in common with jewel thieves? And how can business leaders take those and implement them? Phenomenal book with worth the read and it's fun. Also, I'm going to get something for our listeners. Yes. So I'd like to offer a free 30-minute consulting to anybody that is interested in just talking about the culture of their company and seeing if maybe some of the things that frustrate them that they have been beating their head against the wall might be a culture problem and something that we can build a, a strategy and start fixing. So people can contact me on my website. So www.culturalforte.com. And there's a contact form to fill out and I will be in touch for their free call. So talking about your social media, can you provide your social media links so people can reach out to you? So again, my website is www.culturalforte.com. My Twitter handle is Daniela M. Young, as is my Instagram, Daniela M. Young. And I'm also on LinkedIn, Daniela Young. Oh, and I'm also on Facebook. So Daniela Young. And the listeners, we have the links to the book recommendation and social media on the show notes. And the show notes are at www.cabinetshrblog.com. So what kind of end of our talk? Can you provide us any last minute advice or wisdom on any subject you want to talk about? I would like to give the advice that for everybody, the process of finding your process is a process. So don't rush it. So whether that's changing the culture of your company, whether that's figuring out what you want to do with your life, or whether that, you know, for all the entrepreneurs that are building their businesses, it takes time. Sometimes it feels like you're never going to get there, but you're going to get there. So keep going because it feels really good when you get there. Thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. I know, I know you're a busy person with a lot of great things. So thank you for your time. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for your time as well. Remember to be great every day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Kavnis HR. For more exclusive content, as well as your free copy of HR Laws, be sure to visit KavnisHR.com or connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook at Kavnis HR. Thanks again, and be great every day.